Today's podcast is brought to you by AssaultLimited.com. Even when you aren't saying anything, you're saying something. Let your gear say the right thing for you. That's where Assault Limited comes in. Assault Limited offers tactical versions of things you use every day. The Assault Pen is a great quality, intimidating looking pen with a pinpoint tip used for self-defense or to break glass. The Assault Spork has so many different tactical uses, we only have time to highlight a few. It's a spoon, a fork, a wrench, a carabiner, and a bottle opener. The possibilities are endless. The Assault Pencils and the Assault Straws, well, they both look pretty badass and they both tell political correctness to take a long jump off a short bridge. When you need things and you want them to be the best quality while issuing a statement to anyone else who sees, look at assaultlimited.com. Also sponsoring today's podcast is Urban Savage, U-R-B-N-S-V-G.com. The best quality apparel available. American-made t-shirts and sweatshirts that fit great with the quality that will outlast the creepy battery bunny. The Date Night Tee, which is the badass's version of the subtle embroidered logo t-shirt that so many of us grew up with. And the hats are 100% American-made, not just embroidered here like so many others. Ooh, and those sweatshirts are so damn comfy. The next time you're thinking about scoring a new piece of gear, remember to check out URBNSV. Last but not least, today's podcast is brought to you by A3 Body Protectant. A3 was designed when Martin noticed that Hawaiian surfers who spend their entire lives in the sun had radiant, healthy skin. After plenty of awkward questions about how seriously they take their skin care, he learned the secrets. Hawaii's best secret is now available at A3Equip.com. That's A3 equip.com A3 is a truly natural cream that can be used as a skin lotion, a lip balm, a hair conditioner, honestly anywhere you want to keep moist and healthy. Get yours today at a3equip.com. Proceed with caution. All doctors to the ER. Do these guys have any idea what they are talking about? Talking about talking about Get squared away. Spiritual. Get squared away. Emotional. Get squared away. Mental. Get squared away. Physical. The podcast that'll help you get squared away. We are back with another episode of Squared Away. What is up, dude? Ooh, all good. Been a good week. Been a good week. Been a challenging we- week as you're making fun of my post-it notes. Yeah, um, we're sitting in here. I'm looking at the back of like a 27-inch monitor that legitimately looks like kind of a flower with the floral <laughs> array of post-it notes sticking out from the uh, backside. It's pretty gorgeous. It's part. It's part of my learning. If could, if I buy you like a bunch of different colors, will you alternate them so it looks like flower petals? Um, oh, you have different colors. Have different Are they color coded? Uh, kind of in my memory. Okay. But uh, it's it's how I learn. So I'm completely learning a few new things on the work side. So learning well, new things. Yeah, which at, is awesome. At like fifty, that's 50. impressive. I know. Trying we to keep just, the mind sharp. We were just talking. I was telling Martin. I think that my uh, my memory storage is is full, and it's like a like a boat that just bail is bailing shit <laughs> out the side when it tries to put new stuff in because every time I I picked up my camera to shoot some pictures today and i had to remember how to change the settings and it's just like my memory's like this little guys in a boat that are just throwing shit out like ah, we don't need this anymore we don't need this anymore Dang. so yeah i go through a process called a value stream mapping so i write down all the notes of the process and then i figure out what's of value and what's not and then create a new map and then i put it on my microsoft OneNote. i'm not a microsoft fan but you know OneNote seems to work for the occasion and that's how i learn Ah, processes. Yep. That way I have what I what I end up with literally almost by accident is the true SOP. Nice. But it starts off with a bunch of post-it notes and see, focusing on the process, not focusing on the outcome. Yep. As we as we futuristically talk about ego here in a little bit, but what else do we uh do we do we have anything that we need to talk about from this week with current events? Four hundred and fifty thousand dollars per family Ooh, for, that yeah, was separated at the, the border during no, the 2016, 2017. That's no, that set. would just be in the if if this it's current package package passed. Yeah, there's a lot of shit in that package that's not being a. Well, the I mean, I'm communicating. I don't even out. know. I would have to look it up, but any of these these budget packages or any of this stuff that that the government passes i mean we're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of pages of legal speak right like that's yeah. how they write this shit so for somebody to sit down i mean it would be 
weeks and weeks and weeks of your time to just kind of weed through it. And I guess, I mean, there's, there's some sort of way to crowd crowdsource that with once you post it up, maybe like all of your constituents have a little bit of, of say, and Hey, look at this over here. This is concerning. Hey, look at this. But it's 2,400 pages though. Yeah. I don't know how one like congressman or Senate, Senate member, Senator, Senator, ah, duh. See, bailing shit out the side. Is that a pronoun we can use? Senator. Yeah. yeah right. Um, would get through that shit. Yeah, they don't. That's why they uh, put so much, you know, clouding in it. It's just so they can, you know, slip crap in. But if you really think about that 450,000 per immigrant that was separated at the border, how do you prove that? Because if I'm going to be, you know, really honest, I think probably close to 90% of them relate to uh, child trafficking. So you're going to basically be paying child traffickers. I mean, yeah, and that's I mean, that's legitimately that's what it's going to be. It, yeah, yes, it sounds like a, it sounds great. But wherever there's money being handed out, there's a shit ton of people that are like, yeah, I was me. Yeah, it was me. I was part of that. Yeah. And how they're going to identify it. They don't know. But it's typical. Typical of the party. They don't have a strategy behind it. It's just putting a bookmark to it and slapping some dollars and, and they might move those dollars somewhere else anyway. So. I had a conversation this week, and this kind of goes to the uh, the dangerous freedom over peaceful slavery idea that we talk about all the time. From I think it was Thomas Jefferson, right? Um, I had a com- I had a conversation, short conversation with a guy this week, and he was talking about people being shitty on the internet, and and he was basically trying to push off the idea that nobody should be shitty on the internet. And while I to- totally agree with him, like you should act on the internet just the same way that you would act to me in person, I also don't think that you can nerf the world for people and you have to be able to deal with some trolls before yeah. you because you're not going to be able to, to numb yourself from the trolls you're not going to be able to block yourself off from the trolls so if you just if you just want everyone excuse me to try to be nice you have no ability to deal with the people that are not nice and no matter right. how much you try there's shitty people out there whereas i feel like a more sustainable mentality in person and on the internet and in everything is to hope for the best, but prepare for the worst, right? Like I'm not going to try not to give energy to the trolls, but I'm also going to be able to let it come in and let it go out, which trust me is way easier said than done because you'll get 50 comments on a post that you do online. And the one that's a cunty comment is the one that gets your attention. And I think they know that that's why they do stupid shit, right? Oh, like yeah. contrarians write dumb ass shit. I don't even know if they agree with half of it. They're just trying to like trying to feed their ego yeah, with some sort of a response. Just be on top of your game and, you know, respond with a gentle truth. That's all you can do. Or just ignore the shit out of it. That's yeah. the best way to do it. But you can't just ignore it online or in person. You have to be able to ignore it in your head. And that's yeah. the part that takes the, the mental strength and the mental work. Yeah. You can't let them ever occupy your mind space. Yeah. So what, what, what else we got in current events? Is there anything else we need to cover before we get into our pillars? I don't know. I didn't follow the uh, Alec Baldwin saga. So, oh, so I sent you the picture. Um, so we talked about in the last podcast, like how does this even happen? Apparently, how it happened happened was crew members were using this pistol for target practice, like or, or practice or shooting it right because they're filming probably out in the desert. So yeah. they were using this pistol with live rounds to shoot targets, and then it never got cleared. The person in charge of clearing the weapon and making sure that it is good for um, for fire during production did not do her job. It had live rounds in it. And that's how this happened, which that you and I were in the last podcast. Everybody will hear like we had no idea. Like, how did how did this happen? How did yeah. somebody get injured? Well, because it because it was being used as a regular gun. So why are they using a prop for target practice? Well, I mean, it's a it's an old Colt revolver, right? Like, right. I mean, it like like. Yes, you're right. But if you and I were on a set, right, and we were, let's just say we're, you know, we're just hired hands on a set and we're moving shit around and the set closes down and maybe there's like some H and K's, right? Like, you know, or like an MP5 yeah. or something. And we're like, fuck, I've never shot an MP5. You know, like I could see us like, 
<laughs> running a few mags through through a random MP5 that was supposed yeah, to be used. I mean, I'll run a few rounds in, but I'm going to clear that stupid thing and hundred uh, percent, like not yes, leave it sit there. Yes, one one thousand percent. You are one. You're right. But that was the first thing my wife said was like, "Why are they using this for that?" And I. First of all, I like had to p- draw the line there. Like I could see that being something I would do. Like I've, if there was something there that I've never shot, like, yeah, I would want to shoot it. Right. Like I would want to experience it. Yeah. You know, if you're all near and there's like a, there's like a Barrett, right. There's like a Barrett 50 cal and you're like, well, yeah, duh, I'm going to shoot at some shit, you know? Yeah. And cause I've only ever seen one once. You know, it's I'm, hard for me to picture that because I'd be walking up to it, be like, "Who the fuck left this out?" Yeah, yeah. Where's the case? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe our job is hauling this shit around, you know, and we're like, "Oh, we got this whole truck full of like awesome weaponry." Yeah, let's blow some shit up. <laughs> um, but we're also like responsible gun owners, so the first thing you would do when you were done is clear it and make sure everything's good. Yeah. And and this is why you should never listen to Hollywood for advice because these assholes shouldn't have guns in the first place. Then. Because it sounds like they do not have the tactical ability to I don't, keep it safe. I don't think – who was it? Somebody recently um, – I, I believe it was a philosopher, like a, a modern-day philosopher. And it would, I want to say Tolstoy, but he's not he's not modern-day, so it was not him. But it was somebody, um, a, a, a philosopher, talking about COVID and, and medical intervention and stuff like this. And it was, and it was a quote that was on the front of a news story. And I, the first thing I wanted to be like, was like, stay in your fucking lane, you know? And that's kind of how I feel about Hollywood. Like if I, if I want opinions about how to create a film or if I want opinions about how to act like somebody I'm not, I will look to people from Hollywood. But if I want opinions, if I want medical advice, I'm not taking it from fucking Mila Kunis or, you know, any Ashton Kutcher, any of these people. If I want opinions on financial, if I want financial advice, I'm not going to go to any of these assholes. Like we put them on a pedestal. But the thing is, is they're really good at at one thing. Everything else that they have is just an opinion. And we all have opinions are like assholes. Yeah. Right. Especially when these assholes make tactical flicks and they're all tactically like insanely stupid. Yeah. So, but, and so that, that's the thing. That's the problem with putting people on a pedestal is like, yes, they are great at one thing. They are known for one thing. That doesn't mean that any of the rest of what they say has any value or validity. Right. Probably the only guy, I mean, I have a lot of respect for Keanu Reeves. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I'm sure that dude literally, I mean, he trained. Yeah. Not just in the, in the shooting, but in the, uh, the jujitsu form. And he's just, and and definitely Dan Brazilian. What? (laughs) Let's not talk about that asshole. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I had to. I just got reminded this week about the, the, the was Vegas it the car shooting? crash? Yeah. The Vegas. Sh- yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just got reminded about that this week. He's trying to get the cop to give him his gun. <laughs> uh, yeah, yep, that, that, anyways, move on. Like uh, I just, I had to, I had to poke fun there. Yeah. Um, so physical got my 500 meter swim this week. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, and not only did I get 10 laps, I did 11 laps because I lost count and I was video recording it. And I was like, if I get done and I watch this and I only did nine laps, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. So I did another lap. So I did 11 laps. Um, Biggest reminder from this whole it's been a month and a half or two months of swimming three times a week. And some of you guys might think a 500 meter swim like that's not dog shit. Like I've never swam more than one lap at a time in my life. Like I'm not a swimmer. We didn't grow up with pools. I went to the city pool from, from zero to 30. Probably I've been in a pool actually swimming maybe 20 times, like actually swimming, not like playing around at a water park, but swimming. Um, so for me to go from that to a 500 nonstop was a big fucking deal. But what it did is remind me to concentrate on the process, because if I would have only concentrated on the goal from day one, I would not have gotten in the pool every day and been really bad at it. And then a little bit less bad and a little bit less bad. And when I got to I got to seven laps and I knew that like Thursday, Friday was probably going to be my best bet. 
um, because the weekend is just is hit or miss, right? Like if we yeah. go do something on a Friday night, I'm not going to perform that well on a Saturday or whatever. And we have a wedding tonight, so I would not perform well tomorrow. And then it's the first. So Thursday, I jumped in the pool. I'm like, well, I'm just doing it. Like I'm if oh, that yeah. that last those last few laps because I knew I could do seven because that was as far as I've gotten. I was like those last few laps, I'm just not going to drown. Like that's the goal here, just not drown. Yeah. And and it was good. Like it it felt it felt fine. It didn't feel awesome. Like I wasn't like a fucking fish in the water, but <laughs> I got it done. Um, oh, that's good. But it's the process. And that's yep. what, that's the biggest thing. And, and controlling the ego, like we're going to talk about in a few minutes here. It's, I had to, I sucked at that. I did not like it. I still don't necessarily like it. I jumped in the pool Friday and it wasn't like I was all of a sudden magically like, Oh, I did it. Now I'm good at it. No, like it was still dog shit. Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's the process. Absolutely. It's focusing on the process. Yeah. Process the goals will come. Yeah. I mean, uh, I didn't do my run yet, but I've just been, like we talked about last time, just been focused on getting healthy with my joints and uh, with my back. And about, I'd say, four and five nights ago. So I've been doing, I do the inversion table. I'll do a uh, regular uh, pull-up hang. And I have some other traction devices that I use. And five nights ago, my back just, all of a sudden it just released. And, uh, you know, I've been doing well, but not as good as, I mean, it literally I was doing a Cobra pose and it looked like I could have done a 90 degree, which I have not done in a long time. And what that means is that it, everything, um, I'll give some props to knee over toes guy too, because my knee problems have just been, been following in some of his exercises. I've been doing a lot of therapy. So part of that process is to be able to run without pain. But after my back released, and I've just been still doing all my traction and stretches, full stretches every morning when I wake up, um, my lifts, I pulled, you know, 465 of my deads with, like, no problem a couple nice. nights ago. I think I, I did heavy squats that morning, went back into the pack that night just to do deads. And it was, like, nothing. No shakes or nothing. That's glorious but everything all my lifts have just gone up because my back is you know there's no restrictions on it so i just um you know i did uh about a mile and a half just uh just to run see how it's gonna feel so the mile i'm sitting probably about seven three nine on that first mile but it's like you said i mean i could probably just go out and run it right now yeah and i'll probably you know be a seven and eight minute miler but running is one of those things like it's I don't know, 70% mindset, 80% mindset. Like, like, like I told you Goggins in your ear. Like I I know when I first, um, when I first listened to can't hurt me, um, I started running because that's what everybody does when they fucking read Goggins book, they start running because he's a savage and he's a total fucking animal. And if you haven't read it, it's can't hurt me, David Goggins. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's his story from his trash childhood, getting the shit beat out of him by his dad to being an overweight, um, cockroach sprayer to like finally one day like i'm gonna be a navy seal and he was had to lose 90 pounds in like three months it was it's an insane story but anyways um he's still pretty heavy when he was on the teams too yeah so by the time he got out and was running i mean he was still you know oh yeah 65 so um so put that guy in my ear and i would run and it was just like I'm not a runner. I've never been a distance runner and it would, and I was putting like, like five to 10 miles on multiple times a week. Now that fucked me. Like I, within two weeks I was in the worst pain and it took two months to go away. So like work up to that shit. Don't just do it. What I'm trying to say here is like to do it once totally mindset. No, we're we're doing this. Like we're just going to do it. Yeah. That's how a lot of people psych themselves out. Yeah. You know, you just think about it too much, but if you just do the process, you're going to get to the goal no matter what. Yep. So, yeah, physically, I mean, I'm feeling probably the best I have in years. Nice. So, and part of it's stress, too. Yeah, 100%, man. So, People don't understand, like, not to keep bringing it back to Goggins, but at the end of his book, he talks about he was in bad shape trying to run ultras and he couldn't compete and he had all these issues going on and it was like he's wound so fucking tight because of the human being that he is that it was actually it was it was showing itself in physical impairments he was so tight everything was was anxious in his body even though mentally he was so strong he could just ignore it yeah you can't ignore things when your body just won't work oh yeah yeah there's nothing uh the feeling of being loose when you're addressing the bar 
like I said, squats have just been amazing. So I've been hitting two heavy squat days during a week and then doing the light just because my legs feel good. And uh, yeah, recovering well, sleeping better. So awesome. Yeah, that's my physical. Oh, yeah. We that we kind of we kind of cover physical and mental there. Physical. Yeah, we always cover. <laughs> we do always cover physical. Um, spiritual for me. <laughs> lacked other than my meditation this week um i added an i added another meditation in because i was kind of skipping my afternoon one so often that i do a morning and then i do like a late morning and that's making it so that i'm still getting my two times a day in versus the afternoon i just get busy and i would ignore it it's a reminder that goes off my phone and i would just ignore 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 so i look back i'm like all right how can we fix this as a problem well added one more in the morning instead of having one in the morning and one in the afternoon i have one early morning and then one around like nine or ten when i can actually i'm still not like so involved in the day where i like can't get it done or can't is bullshit word where i don't get it done yeah um so that's where i'm at just still doing the concentrating on the breath the mindset just kind of getting better at controlling my own mind because that's been the biggest gain for me over the last, you know, 10 years. Oh, no, oh, that's good. I mean, spiritually, I mean, I'm doing well. I mean, version has a good, uh, um, daily video to go with their daily verse. And then, um, I've been working a lot on gratefulness and humility. So when I pray in the morning, you know, I've gotten uh, on my knees, um, as it just gets your mind right. You know, uh, gets that, like we talk about ego. It's that yeah. ego out of the way, gets the requests out of the way, and you're just more grateful and thankful. And that's, you know, how I spend my, you know, morning prayer. And um, I have a uh, a new boss that pretty much is in the same line of, of thinking as far as, you know, getting squared away spiritually and uh, and and physically. I work with a, a company now that is like. Yeah, it's physical. It's that physical. Is, that's what they do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, they're in fitness and uh, it's an industry that I just feel like, man, I feel perfect you know I, I like it it's challenging but it's yeah i mean stress is huge my body just feels like all a lot of that tension's gone so and my performance just feels really good for I, 50 plus getting 50 year older yeah um i've been reading the just a little bit at a time but the meditations the annotated version of marcus aurelius meditations which i've read through the meditations a few times but the awesome thing about this is each part where there's something to add the author has a little number and then down below is it's annotated, tells you about this person, tells you about what the idea tells you about this part of stoicism, stuff like this. Anyways, um, something you just said about your morning prayer, um, made me think of Marcus Aurelius, who was probably one of the greatest emperors Rome has ever seen talks almost religiously about holding yourself to a standard, but allowing other people to be human. And that, that kind of humbleness, right? Like that's a, that's a big deal. And I'm not great at that. I hold myself to a, to a standard, but then I also don't let other people live their journey. I just kind of pass by them if they're not to a level that I guess is respective to me. And so that, that you said also reminds me of that, that he talks about, I need to, that's something I drastically need to work on and improve. Yeah. Allowing people to be on their own journey, not expecting them to be at a certain level ever, not expecting them to even want to be on a level where you need them to be or not right. need them to be. That's bullshit. But well, I mean, what you're saying, I mean, it, it hits me because I used to be like that a lot. It's like, man, why why aren't these people in that process? Why aren't they bettering themselves? You know, uh, should I just intervene? And it came to a point where it's kind of like what we talk about with uh, fixed and growth mindset. You got to start identifying the people that are fixed mindset. And you know what? They may never get out of there. But the problem is, you know, you're not, you know, I, I put a post on Instagram this week uh, um, by Dougie, you know, Doug, the the Indian dude, whatever he wants to call himself. So it talks about, you know, moving forward and moving backwards. You know, if you're moving forward and somebody's moving backwards, the only way for you to go down and try to bring them to move forward is for you to go backwards to do that. And you can't do that. I mean, it'll cause you stress and you're just trying to make somebody force somebody to do something. You know what? They may not want to do. They may not be ready to do or just not have the capacity 
an ability to do that. I don't know. It just. So I'm going to, I'm going to work on that more. Um, letting people live their journey and not expecting them to even want to be at a level that I expect, I guess that's expectation is a bullshit word. That's my ego. That's my ego speaking. That's my ego speaking. Like I, like they need, they need to be on some specific level. They're on their own journey. They don't need to be on any level. As long as it's not affecting me, why the fuck should I care? Yeah. So what do you do now when you run into somebody that is uh, not at the standard currently right now? I just move on. I just ignore them. I don't even give them the time of day. Okay. That's not proper. That's not, that's not, that's not a good human being. (laughs) You just ignore them. Yeah. Yeah. But what else are you going to do? I don't know. Ask them how their day is. Ask them how their kids are. Oh, you're like, you totally ignore them. Okay. Yeah. Basically I'm talking, I thought you were like, yeah, no, basically thought you're intervening and trying to, you know, like, no, I don't necessarily, I mean, I don't intervene. Um, I don't intervene. What I do have a problem with is, is a lot of people around me have seen where I've come, you know, because I started out fat and slow and lazy and dumb and not I me, mean, not really dumb, but all the other things. And, and now I'm here and I went from size 42 pants to size 34 pants. And I went from questionable accomplishment at work to top performer. And I went from a dumb idiot to, you know, stuffing my brain with knowledge as much as I can to the, to, to, to the point that shit is squeaking out. So like that right there, you earn the respect of people and then they come to you and they, they want you to help them where I'm at now currently is a lot. I need to get better at allowing them to help themselves along with maybe some few pointers from me versus like, all right, you need to do this, 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 and this in this order and you can't do this and you can't do this, like step back from that and just be more of the sage, more of the stoic sage, like, Oh, maybe you could do this a little bit better. Yeah. And then find what's, what's your next goal? What's your next yeah. accomplishment? Gonna yeah. Be? I mean, I think that's what we got to talk about today is uh, with the ego. Yeah. Is. Let's, should we, let's, let's dive into this. We're at 24 minutes anyways. Um, I guess there's there's a lot of different definitions of ego, and that's right. one of the first things. Is like, um, I know I was I was this to, at the risk of sounding um, super gay. I was sitting in a hot tub with a dude, um, oh, that sounds super gay. Bill, who you know, no. and uh, Did you give him a courtesy retro. Yeah, no, no, definitely um, not. But we were talking, and he mentioned something. And I was like, oh well, that's that's the ego. And he's like, no, 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 he's not. The the guy's not really egotistical. And so I had to explain to him more of what the ego is, not egotistical, but the ego. And he's like, oh, I've never heard anybody explain it like that. So let's kind of I'm going to get into the the definition of the ego as far as I see it and as far as I come across ego. And this comes a lot from the book, um, like we talked about this morning at the gym, Um, Ryan Holiday's book, The Ego is the Enemy. Um, this comes from a lot of stoicism ideas of the ego, um, some great Ted talks, which I'll try to link, um, about the ego, but first what is not the ego that I'm talking about? Um, the modern psychological definition is dangerously focused on oneself with no regard to anyone else. That is egotistical. That is someone that is an egoist or has it has a very large ego. Um, that's someone that's out of balance, but the ego is not that, um, Freud, who is kind of the, one of the originators of psychology, use the analogies to, to define the ego. Um, the ego is the rider of a horse with our unconscious driving or drives representing the animal and our ego trying to trying to steer the animal, our ego trying to drive our unconscious urges. Well, that, that kind of works. Um, it doesn't necessarily explain the ego as to what it is to us as a whole. A looser, more applicable definition is an unhealthy belief in our own importance or the petulant child inside of us needing to be better than, more than, or recognized more than anyone else. And that is an unbalanced ego. The ego is basically you. Right. The ego is what you consider yourself. It's 
the conscious combined with the subconscious. It's your thoughts. It's your emotions. It's your beliefs. It's your take on reality. It's everything. The ego really is the part of you that focuses on the being, the, the, what you are. I want to be a writer. I want to be physically fit. I want to be attractive. I want to be smart. The ego is, is the focusing on the B, whereas the, the lack of ego or the ego in check focuses on the do. I want to write. I want to work out. I want to eat healthy. I want to learn things. And while that seems like such a negligible difference, the brain really is binary. It can think in one way or another way. It can't really think in both of those ways at the same time. So if you do not have control of the ego and you are focusing on the do, you are not focusing on the be. And a really, really good example of this is the professional athlete that we know is amazing, right? Like, let's say a one-on-one sport, like right. um, a, a one-on-one sport, gymnastics, boxing, gym, oh. boxing right? Boxing, Tyson boxing Curry or fighting. Yeah. yeah. So the, the, the person that we know is amazing. They've gone through the training years and years and years of training. They're physically fit. They know what they need to do, but then they fall apart upon competition. That is the ego because the ego is so focused on the, the being they're so focused on the being the winner that they forget or they are unable to focus on the process. They're unable to focus on the jab, jab, cross, jab, jab, cross footwork while we're doing it, breathe, jab, jab, cross. Whereas the person in control of their ego and focusing on the do ignores the outcome and is focusing on the steps that they know. And the thing is, is that's the same person. And that person can, can function for five fights in a row as a doer. And they're focusing on the steps and their jab, jab, cross, takedown, whatever. Yeah. But the minute that their brain ignores the doing and starts to worry about the being, they start worrying about being the winner yeah. is when they lose that focus. And that's the best description that I have of the difference between the the two part, the two ways the mind can go. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that because, I mean, it's any sport, anything that you do in life. Um, you know, special forces as well. I mean, your standard military going into when you get into the theater or into the battlefield, you know, when you're off your training and train, 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 train. And the reason that they train so much is so that when you get to the battlefield, it's just muscle memory, right? You're executing what you've learned and what you've trained. You know, when you're in a battle, you don't go into battle thinking, oh, I'm going to go in and win. I'm going to go in and John Wick everybody. You know, you go in and basically you move to the training that, you know, your muscle memory is executing. So, um, and, you know, that's how you win wars. That's how you win battles. So same thing with boxing, same thing with football. Somebody's got to kick a field goal. If the field goal kicker starts thinking that, oh, you know, I got to win the game, you know, nine out of 10 times, what happens? Things get the field goal. But when they just, you know, I always like watching the field goal kickers. They just kind of walk through. They'll do, you know, the practice kick and they got everything lined up and measuring it, you know, real tight. Boom. Then they kick it through. So it's just, yeah, exactly what you're saying. I think um, when I'm this, when I was putting together my notes and my notes are kind of a scattered mess today, guys. So usually I, I put together my notes and then I organize them. I did not organize them. So we might bounce around 30 different places yeah. here. But um, I like to think of the ego as water. Water is imperative for life. We have to have water. Upwards of 60 to 75% of our body weight, depending, is water. Water, when harnessed, can create enough energy to power a giant city. Water, when focused and pressurized, can cut through steel. But water out of control, like a typhoon uh, wave, what do they call the big ass waves? 
when there's an earthquake tsunami tsunami can destroy an entire island that's water out of control water in your lungs will kill you that's what the ego is like the ego in control having unadulterated knowledge of who you are what you are doing and having that shit in control is amazing you will focus on the task at hand you will learn to get better at whatever you want to get better at but the ego out of control is putting blame on someone else for you not being good it's being scared of failing and when i say scared of failing most macho men are like i'm not scared of failing i'm not scared no, you're not, but you won't go do things that you're going to look bad at if the ego is not in check. If right. you have a sore, if you have a sore joint, you will not go in and do, you know, just bar bench press until you can get yourself back to where you need to be. You're yeah. going to ignore it. You're going to not do it because it makes you feel poorly and you think that you're being judged. Yeah. Or, Which is a whole different worldview. Yes. Because a lot of people expect that the the guy that's going into the gym well, that person's, you know, egotistical. But, you know, they look at the person that's sitting around the fire making excuses for why they can't do anything because it's, you know, it's so-and-so's fault or it's it's the man, it's the company, it's their boss. It's, you know, their, their relative, you know, and they sit around and say, oh, yeah, I, I can't be this because of that or because of this person. Well, they never look at that guy as, you know, egotistical, right? But actually, it's but that is the, the ego, around. right? Like that—that yeah. that is, and that's the big difference between egotistical and the ego. Um, what was the? What's the tennis player? Steve McEnroe? Is that? Oh, John McEnroe. John McEnroe. John McEnroe. The hothead. Yeah, hothead. Yeah. Right. And so John McEnroe it's had funny, it, super funny, but John McEnroe had zero control of his ego immediately. And, and I don't remember what book this is from. If anybody remembers, shoot me a message. Um, but it goes into all of the different things that Johnny Mac would blame his losses on. Yeah. And, 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 and it, it breaks it down like this. And it says this specific match, he blamed on the temperature, this match, he blamed on the racket. One time he had a screaming hysterical fit because the the sawdust that he put on his hands or rubbed his hands in to dry his hands yeah. was not coarse enough. So his manager, I think, ended up paying some woodworker $20 to grind up some finer sawdust <laughs> because Johnny Mac would blame every single loss on something other than himself. And that is because he had zero control of his ego. Yeah. The problem here is Johnny Mac was a great tennis player. How much better could he have been if he looked at every loss and said, what did I do wrong there? How can I improve that in the future? All right. Because if you're blaming on someone else, you have zero ability to look at yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the difference between a good degree, right? Yes. I mean, when I look at Webster's, I mean, everybody has a level of ego, right? You have a gauge. Yes. So, you know, Webster's defines a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. But the thing is, when you let it get out of control, you know, I think that's where Holiday was leading to is, you know, he defines it as an unhealthy belief in our own importance. Or, you know, a lot of times we refer to it as you think you're more than what you are. And, uh. You know, Pat Riley, the uh, the old Lakers coach for how many years, you know, called it. And I like his, what he said is it's the disease of me is how he, he defines it. And, uh, you know, what going back to your story about, you know, I mean, your life story is about losing weight, body transformation, right? Going from a certain body life, and mind transformation. Yeah, lifestyle Very, yes. from one end, lifestyle to another, and it affects you mentally. Yes. The four pillars. You know, and I got in conversations this week uh, about the same thing. You know, there's, you know, a lot of people that, that go through that transformation, but a lot of them that I see come out of it, their ego gets so overinflated that they totally become this, this monster, you know, this me. And, uh, and I think what triggered that too is your, your wife posted something about validation about, and there's so much, I think, peace or something in your life when you're not searching for other people's validation all the time. 
And I see a lot of people that go from, you know, losing 50 or 100 pounds or whatever, all of a sudden they hit social media, just looking for that validation of, hey, look at me, you know, look what I did. And I think that's when your ego is, you know, out of check. And for, you know, I, I didn't go through that, so I may not understand it totally. Um, cause I was always, you know, this big built Asian my whole life. Oh God. <laughs> ego. Ego. Uh, except when I was like three, I like a bowling ball. Oh, okay. But, um, but I didn't, I didn't go through that, that major weight loss. Yeah. I've just gone through, you know, I've had accomplishments in my life that I, I keep to myself and I, I got them done, but that's who I was. You know, they're all little pieces that I've put together and ingredients for the stew that I'm, you know, sitting in right now. But I'm looking now to new challenges, new ingredients. Um, I think sometimes I think that's how we have to look at it to, to be in check. It's just say, hey, I accomplished those. It's the growth mindset, right? Can't sit on those accomplishments and, you know, hope that people are going to keep validating you. You know, I'm not going to go write books about, you know, jumping out of airplanes and sign books and, and live that till I'm 70 of who I was. The The ego seeks validation and that is that is always the ego's job the ego is always focusing on the future it's always focusing on the validation it's always looking to be praised and like any human trait it is looking for the most return on the least investment so that's why the ego is the part that posts on you know, your, your social or, t- or tells people about something that you're going to do. I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm gonna run this marathon. I'm going to write this book. I'm going to accomplish this thing. Why, why would you put that out there? Well, it's the ego looking for the validation without putting in the work to run the marathon without sitting down for 10 months and writing the book without making the video, without doing the podcast recording every week, an hour and a half a week. The ego is looking for the most positive benefit, right? The, po- the positive brain chemicals, right. the serotonin, the epinephrine, the dopamine. I mean, that's, that's the drug. It doesn't matter what drug it is. You want to talk about heroin. You want to talk about likes on your social media feed. They all manifest themselves as the same spikes in in our brain orgasms same thing ice cream same thing our brain only knows brain chemicals we learn what causes those brain chemicals but it only knows brain chemicals and our ego is searching for those brain chemicals and it searches for those brain chemicals the biggest return on its investment and the biggest return on its investment is the social media it it, it is <laughs> The way that we do it now, yes, is social media. Um, prior how, how to social media, used to do that. Prior to social media, it was the same thing. I'm I'm going to do this. It was it was it was bragging. It was talking, right? But now but it's once like it's done. No, no. But now it's just it. It is. It's the bragging on exponential steroids. Because if you and and the thing is 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 it like we talk? Or I guess I this wasn't you with you. This was with with Bill at the gym this morning. Is you're not doing this on purpose. That's what people don't understand. It's like politics. 99% of politicians don't get into politics to be bad people. They don't get into politics to hurt people. They get into politics for, for positive reasons to try to help until after about 40 but years, but they get damaged. Yeah. And they, and, and that's what the ego is. The ego is damaged. The ego has now, let's say 20 years ago before social media, you would tell 10. And I'm not saying you specifically, but a person would tell, 10 people, I'm going to run this marathon or I'm going to write this book or I am going to lose 50 pounds and they would get validation from 10 people. Now, one input versus 10 inputs and you can get validation from 50 people or 100 people or 1,000 people. And uh, I remember asking Aubrey Marcus one time um, how he dealt with the ego because he's putting himself out there in a public way and posting everything that he, not everything that he does, but a lot of what he does in a public way, which seems very much from the outside as not in control of the ego. But he's, he, he, he's, he preaches 
the control of the ego. So I was, I was trying to wrestle with this and his answer to me was I do it not for my own validation, but to try to inspire people to find their own path. And I like that, but I'm still not completely convinced. Yeah. It's still not completely convinced because I mean, I've told people is like, so why do you post that? And then they're like, well, so I can help people. But then when I look at the post, it's like, I don't know if that's helping people or you just have this urge to, you know, put yourself out there for validation. Yeah. So I think that's super gray. And that's the weird, that's the weird guru timeline that we live in right now. Like, we live in a point where you don't have to actually be accomplished at anything or have a knowledge base or be a, an extremely uh, successful person in whatever you're talking about, right? Like you could you could start a Facebook and Instagram page, call it in Investopedia. You could... If you had money, take and put a bunch of money into your um, TD Ameritrade account, right? Because I see this all the time. Yeah. Your TD, if you look at, and if you guys, total fucking offshoot here, but if you're on TD Ameritrade, your balance, your balance chart that it shows you that all of these fucking investment accounts post, that doesn't know whether you gained that money or just deposited it. It just shows it. Right. So if you put $1,000 a day into your account, and you had $50,000 at the end of the year, it would look as though you gained $50,000 throughout the year, but you could have never put those, you could have never invested that. But yeah. all right. So you, let's say, let's say you have $250,000 you got from daddy, right? And you slowly put this money into your account. You don't actually need to make any profit. You just need to post about being profitable. Oh, and I you see, need to yeah. post about candlesticks. You need to post about all these different investment ideas that you're just getting from someone else. And you're getting the validation. The ego is getting fed. You are you are becoming the, the quote unquote guru to a certain amount of people without ever becoming successful at the fucking thing. I don't know, but what, what do you get out of it? Dopamine? All of the, all, everything, all of the happy chemicals, you become, you become so you're no, you're no the better leader than a junkie the, then. No, hundred percent. But you become the leader, you become the leader of that little tribe. Yeah. I mean, my, you know, my sidebar here is I, I try to have conversations with people that spend so much time and investment in trying to get validation. And unfortunately it's online, right? They, they want likes, they want, you know, I don't know what it is. But the problem is, I'm like, okay, well, how much of that time do you spend creating a side hustle, right? Who is it, Elon Musk? You know, I have in my head that you always should have a side hustle that should be bringing in, you know, close to $1,000. That's what we should be working on because that's going to be investment. That's going to be something tangible that you can get as a return. You're not getting anything from Instagram with, you know, 50 to 1,000 people liking a post, right? Oh, no, you do. 1,000? A thousand likes, so it, it okay, all okay. Nine hundred ninety nine. No, 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 no. But say, so, what I'm saying is, you, you, so you, you're building a following, and once you build that following, then you monetize that following. I mean, that's that's what that's what the idea is there. If you want to talk about how these people financially gain, is like the the investment. So most, guru most people that, we know, though. Oh yeah, most uh, people we know are never. Yes, brand. no, yes, no. Most of the people we know are not accomplishing anything financially beneficial. Yeah, because there's yes. 900 million Instagram models out there. Yes, and you know, think that they're gonna. Have, that's their career. Yeah, not no, the, anything yeah. Where you, where so. you where you become profitable is, let's say, our our investment guru that I was just talking about, where he would become profitable would then be selling an online class for a hundred bucks a pop or. I know a lot of the investment groups, they have like uh, you have to pay monthly to be part of their group to get their personal content, because once you get their personal content, you can see what they're investing in and you could legitimately just copy what they're doing if you pay their monthly fees. Yeah, that that, you know, not to totally sidetrack from what you're saying, but if you build the following and you're intelligent enough to monetize the following, you can do it, but you're not getting paid by Instagram for a thousand likes. Yeah. So, yeah, unless you have a niche or you are, yeah, you know, have some awesome marketing strategy for yourself. But 
so so that's that's the problem with validation um to get anything else out here from my notes that i want to get out um this is an amazing quote from adam smith he is a bold surgeon they say whose hands hand does not tremble when he performs an operation upon his own person and he is often equally bold who does not hesitate to pull off the mysterious veil of self-delusion which covers his view and deformities of its own conduct so if you are not mentally strong enough and in control of the ego enough to look at yourself without those rose-colored glasses on and actually see your weaknesses actually see your addictions actually see your wastes of time and your excuses that you make to yourself right because it doesn't matter how good you are you get you will have a time where you make an excuse for yourself yeah i i'm not going to do this today i'm i just i'm not feeling it or i'm just you know i gotta do this tomorrow i'm not going to do it today like if you do not have the control of the ego you will do that all the time and even if you have control of the ego you you'll do it once in a while but you catch yourself and you look at yourself and go shut the fuck up (laughs) that's true um the this one came from um from one of the ted talks the egoist and the perfectionist wear the same outfit the perfectionist falls into the pattern as the egoist or into the same pattern as the egoist and generally experiences the same fate where the egoist fails at failing because it's the opposite of validation the perfectionist never moves through the steps never tries because it's never quite perfect being a perfectionist may actually be more damaging because of the false god of perfection is a beautiful cloak so what that means is like if you are if you are if you are failing at failing, right? You you are not even you're not even failing because you're too fucking scared to look bad at doing something. That's an yeah. ego. That's an ego. That looks bad. I can look at you and say, you know what? You're not trying that because you're afraid at looking bad. You never do leg day, and that's why you're weak. And you don't want to just squat the bar to build up your strength in your legs and your core to then be able to squat more someday. You don't want to start reading because you're not good at it, right? Like that, that's easy for me to point out and say yeah. like, and and if you're a good friend of mine and, and I and I feel like it'll benefit you, I'm not just gonna fucking walk up to somebody and say that. But that's that's something that's easy for me to point out. And, and once, once the light is shined on it, it's easy for you to see. The perfectionism is harder because it's really easier for you to use that as an excuse not to move forward. Right. And it's hard for me to say it's bad to be per- perfect, right? Because perfect is a word. Perfect is a positive word. Perfect yeah. is a great word. We almost need another word in the English language for so perfect that you're not getting anything fucking done. Yeah. Because it needs to be a negative word. Or, mm. or there needs to be maybe in like how there's male and female context in yeah. Spanish. There needs to be like positive and negative context to words. Yeah. No, the only thing I think of is the phrase uh, paralysis by analysis. Paralysis by analysis, 100%. That's a great one. I think going back is, uh, you know, I think you hit it on the head. Everybody's got an ego, but people have to learn how to manage it. And that's the biggest thing. Um, I know Holiday mentioned in his book, but also uh, the Ken Shamrock, the plus, minus, and equal. Um, I don't know what you want to call it. His uh, theory on it. Yeah. There's three ways to manage it is... The equal sign means that's your peer group or a competitor or somebody that always challenges you to grow so that you're not always staying in the same spot. Somebody that keeps you keeps you focused and uh, keeps you uh, fighting for that, that to keep that process moving. The plus is the thing that success tends to drive uh, somebody's ego to be that big fish in a little pond, right? But you always have that mentor that's your plus who kind of keeps you down, kind of keeps you humble. You know, a mentor who's accomplished more and, and helps you kind of put the big fish perspective back to the little fish in the, in the big lake, you know. So you're always fighting. Uh, the minus the minus is be a mentor to somebody else, you know, or writing, writing your lessons to, you know, little kids 
or, you know, having a daily blog that, you know, helps other people. So something that doesn't get you validation back. Right. And then the typical way of looking for, you know, the egotistical behaviors is, is like we talk about, it's always busy seeking a constant approval from other people or the phrase, you know, what are, what are others always thinking about me? Um, and you see that in social media, social occasions when they're, you know, going out places or my favorite was, you know, you're going to a wedding and, you know, you're going with a gal that, you know, is so obsessed with, you know, what they're going to wear to the wedding that it overshadows what the bride's going to wear. It's like, Hey, guess what? The 300 other people don't remember that you wore that dress about a year and a half ago. I understand maybe that's that's a, a female mentality thing that I totally insensitive to. But, you know, for me, when I go to somebody's wedding, like you're going to a wedding this afternoon, I'm there to support the bride and the groom. I'm there to look at the, you know, bride and the groom and it's their day. So if I'm wearing, you know, can yeah, we all should be wearing or something, right? Like we all should be wearing yeah. coveralls, like mechanics exactly. coveralls, and they, should, coveralls. And they should wear the beautiful they outfits. Shine, yeah. Yep. Um, you know, then it's not the me. It's not the disease of me thing. Uh, uh, what we, you talked about, too, talking about doing things versus somebody that just does them. Right here. Like, I, I, this is one I wanted to get to, and it's it's the talk. And this is, I think this is from Ryan Holiday. But it, it is. It, it, but yeah. it talks about the brain mistakes talk for work. It thinks that talking about something it. is the same as doing something. Oh, man, I know a lot of those. But the problem is, is with talking, let's say that your brain gets the same benefit as working, right? Talking about a workout or posting about a workout, your brain gets the same benefit as doing the workout. You know what doesn't get the same benefit? Your body. The fucking body or the book or the How the hell does your video. brain get the same? Your brain doesn't know the difference. I mean, so 54 minutes. They've done studies where they took people and they had them do bicep curls every day for 10 minutes a day for a month or two months or whatever. They had people that did nothing. That's the control group. And then they had people that sat still and thought about doing bicep curls. They thought about it. Okay. The people who did the bicep curls got stronger. The people who did nothing didn't. The people who thought about it had statistically significant gains in strength and size. So that totally negates what we we're just saying about the about the body not getting the benefit, but the brain actually thinks that it's doing something just by talking about it. The brain thinks it's doing the work. Well, that's weird. I'm going to have to look that up. Yeah. So with but but the problem there is is when you're talking, talk 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 talk, nothing is getting done. Right. Biggest thing that makes me think here is the people that have to post a picture every time they go to the gym or they, or people that, or people <laughs> that, a lot of that now. or people that, uh, what is the thing on fucking Facebook where you like, you like mark in that you're somewhere, uh, check in, check in. Okay. Yeah. Fuck. I don't give a shit. Right. Yeah. Like who cares? I don't care. Yeah. But they want you to know so they can be validated. Right? I, validation, 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 seeking. Yeah. Stickers. I voted. Oh, I'm yeah. vaccinated. My dog is smarter than your third grader. Whatever. Stickers. Validation. Validation seeking. Yeah. Oh, man. That list is long. That list is very long. Um, a couple of the behaviors. Uh, think one is entitled to success after some success. Yeah. It's kind of like the, ooh. Scored that high school touchdown, and now I should just be like good at everything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, one another one that I have towards the end of my notes here is the the gear. Worrying about the quality and quantity of the gear rather than worrying <laughs> about being competent with it. Oh, and I yeah. told you this last time when we were talking guy, about yeah. little kids, right? We were talking about little kids in sports. I was that oh, kid. You were. I was that kid. I needed like if if I didn't have the best hockey skates. It was going to slow me down, right? Like, no, your fat ass and not running outside slowed you down. Like, I, I, I didn't have all the best shit because we didn't have that kind of money, but I wanted it and I always yeah. wanted it. Like, I went out and bought a guitar and I had to have the guitar and the amp and picks and I had to have all this stuff, right? I never learned to play the fucking guitar. <laughs> like, 
bought a bow, had to have everything. Luckily, I went back to sold it. Didn't I didn't never shot sold it. Thank God I went back because now I love archery. Yeah, but I didn't go back. Money. Money is not a problem. Like I'm we're not rich, but we're not poor. If I wanted to buy a gorgeous Hoyt or a Matthews bow, I could. But I didn't. I bought a I bought a clearance bear. And guess what? I'm working on archery with that and yeah. I'm getting great with that. It still works. It works. You know, the, the football gloves, right? The, the catcher gloves like like motherfucker, you're 10 years old. Catch the football. There's nobody rocketing in, you know, 80 mile an hour fucking beamer passes at you where you need some padded sticky gloves. Just catch yeah. the fucking football. Yeah. What do you think special forces, you know, went in and uh, gone into battle with? Do you think they got to shop at uh, Cabela's and oh, no. uh, pick That's out all the great stuff? Awesome stories, right? Like when you hear uh, um, the, in some of the Jack Carr books, he talks about that, like the old special forces guys that, you know, they had a guy that legitimately was the sewer. He was the guy that would be like, oh, hey, man, I need a fucking pocket right here. And he would legitimately like shoot, bust out the fucking fabric and he'd sew a yeah. pocket in that spot on your fucking shirt. Yeah. Or that's, the, that's to, the guy that puts a double stitching in because, hell, you don't want that falling apart. Yeah. And yeah, you're in a firefight. So, yeah, those were the important guys. Shit duct tape together and zip ties. And it's like sandpaper. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, yeah, literally when you go in, they hand you, you get issued what you get. That's why it's always so funny to hear uh, you go to stores like, oh, this is the, the Green Beret version of the knife. This is what the the Navy SEALs shot with. And like looking at all that crap, like, no, it's not. Yeah. They gave you this piece of crap. Yeah. You got issued that. That's that's it. And you didn't get a choice. Well, you got a choice between a nine and a 45. And that's it. Yeah. It's not like you can ask them and for one hey, nine I want the, I want or one forty five. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So you couldn't uh, sit there and try it out and feel it. Here's the pile of shit. Take it back. And okay. get good at it. Yeah. That's it. So it was never how good the the gear was. It was how good you were. Yeah. And you can make that, you know, product good. So the ego, the ego, the person with that has zero control of the ego is the person that buys the new thing, right? Like uh, as an example, we'll use a bow. We'll use a bow. Okay. The person that buys the bow, first of all, they have to have the best bow. And then they buy the bow and they got to have the best stabilizer. And then, ooh, you know, I'm not quite shooting right. I'm going to need um, a different rest. And I'm going to need better sights. And I'm going to need a better release. And I'm going to need, no, motherfucker, you need to work. You need to enjoy the bow. Learn to shoot. You know what? How about you start with a fucking recurve? Yeah. Get good with the recurve. And, and this is all, this is a, a stupid example with archery. But archery is really hot right now. So I think it's a great example. Like, yeah. no. Start, learn with shit equipment get good at enjoying what you're doing love the process don't go out and buy the bmx bike and this as as a, as a kid right like don't go out and buy the bmx bike and you need like the $1500 bmx bike with all the best of everything no buy the fucking walmart special get really great on the walmart special learn that you love the sport and then once you love the sport and you have a talent for it then, oh my God, you get better equipment. You're gonna, you're gonna be even better, right? But you don't need the best of everything to start out. You don't need the the gear so that you don't have something to blame it on. Yeah. And how many gym bags do you see that you know people bring in that looks like a freaking locker, and half that shit they don't use? I mean, do you really need to have you know wrist wraps? Do you need elbow braces at, you know, 20-some years old when your joints are like rubber? Yeah, right. Do you need all the, the $100 knee sleeves? Knee sleeves. Yeah, knee sleeves, wrist sleeves. I don't know what else sleeves. I've seen, man. There's so much crap out there. Yeah. Uh, the, the, what's the slingshot, Oh, right? Like, I have one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the slingshot is for someone that's benching 315 or oh, 350 yeah. Yeah, yeah. or 400 <laughs> that is looking for incremental gains, right? Exactly. The slingshot is not for the beginner that's learning to bench and they're, the, you know, they're between 135 and 225 yeah. and there's, you know, that's just for no, looks. Reps. Yeah. Put in reps. You need to put in reps. Yeah. You need to focus on your form. You need to learn how to do this right. When you get up, 
to an elevated level where you are a top accomplisher for your you know body weight body size then look to narrow to round out all the other things but all you're doing right now is you're putting training wheels yeah yep yeah i got one of those and definitely it's exactly what you're saying i mean when you're hitting 300 plus and you're trying to keep your elbows in and you want that you know nice negative but you want that pop up on top yeah that's what yeah that's that's what nobody great tool for and and I don't. I'm when not I see say, somebody having 135 yeah. on there, and I'm not going to say nobody wants to talk about it, but let's face it, that thing is spring. It's a spring. It, it springs it's a spring. you up. Yeah. When you get down and your elbows are four inches below your chest, it that thing is spring up. loaded. It is going to help you lift the weights. Yep. You are, and that's known. fine. That's fine. Like I use bands. I worked. I use bands on a ton of lifts, but I use bands on the lift because of the the extra load at your strongest part of your yeah. lift, right? And but you got to have a science to it. A yeah, lot of, and, a lot of people just buy gear, just buy gear. Yeah. I mean, do you really need those hand grips? Really? I mean, realistically, you shouldn't. It, like, so I use I use grip straps on back day because I can get a lot more reps on back day with grip straps on some lifts, not all lifts, but a few lifts. Yeah. Right? Like my grip wears out before I'm fully working my back. Right. Okay. You know what I don't use grip straps on? Deadlifts. No really. Because if I can't fucking hold the weight, I shouldn't be lifting the weight. Well, I, I use them after 365 is when I have to use them because I, I can't go over under anymore because I tore part of my, my lower bicep out. Yeah. So. Yeah. So I, I do not want to have that bicep tear ever. So I'm hey. just going to use them. I'm not going to use them for that. If I can't hold it, then it's too much. Oh, really? Because I don't want to have that kind of tear. Yeah, I'm not pulling 400 plus over under. So when I use the uh, straps and I go over, over, yeah, then I feel fine. So I yeah. use them. I'm four seventy five over under. Over under. Yeah, and the the under is the bad arm that doesn't go straight. Ooh. I don't know, man. Yeah, the physical therapist is like, yeah, you should not deadlift more than three hundred pounds. I'm like, uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, that's what they said. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez. But that's you know he. Everybody's different, man, and and I'm. I worked up to it. I didn't just jump in and rip my fucking elbow back apart. Like I made sure everything was strong. I didn't, you know, it worked out from 225 up slowly. Yeah. So, yeah. but ego. Yeah. Shining a light on that internal voice that is out of control is the first step and then learning to control it. Don't make excuses. Be good at failing. Be totally okay looking stupid. Pull off the veil that is insecurity and look at the things that you need to work on. And I think that that's going to be pay its weight in gold. Yeah, Agreed? I agree. Definitely agree. Awesome. You guys have a great rest of the day. Hopefully that was made some a semblance of sense because I was legitimately rolling back and forth between bullet points from four pieces of paper here. And uh, yeah, one final word from Siete, uh, green free cinnamon crisp. Oh yeah. Siete. Siete, if you're out there, Siete Family Foods. I love that stuff. Siete Family Foods, cinnamon crisp. If We're going to sponsor us. That'd be awesome. Yep. That's going to be our new sponsor. Send a case. Yeah, hopefully they have some, oh, do you think they have some jalapeno flavors too? I don't know. They got a lot of different flavors. Oh, okay. Siete. Siete foods. (laughs) 